business clients since 1997. Here's team member Steve Gilman. Well, our primary mission is really to listen to our clients. So we may develop and support systems around their specific needs rather than trying to just fit them into something that comes off the shelf. Our primary goal is to earn the trust necessary for building a long-term, lasting relationship with our client. It is truly our team's primary focus. We've made some major enhancements here over the past couple of years, and I truly believe it's our ability to provide managed services through a state-of-the-art system while continuing to provide a personal touch in building relationships with our customers. The team at RB Technologies knows it's all about building lasting relationships. Call 223-4448 or online at rbtechvt.com. When you think of business technology and communications, think of RB Technologies. It's time to get the story behind the story. Interviews with newsmakers, newsbreakers, and your phone calls. Radio Vermont presents The Mark Johnson Show. Thank you, Jim Connie. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. A beautiful day out there today. Thanks for spending part of it with us. Coming up on the program this morning, in our second hour this morning, we're going to chat with some folks that have been involved in creating an operatic version of the uh, infamous Judivine play done by uh, David Budbill. He will be among the guests that will be joining us. Also, composer Eric Nielsen will be joining us as well, too. Some performances of this uh, opera will be coming up in September, and we will tell you all about the locations and how you can go and uh, see that. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be coming your way at about 10.15 this morning. That will be after we have our uh, White House report coming uh, your way at 10.05 this morning. We'll take your phone calls throughout the program as well. Love to hear from you at 244-1777. That's our local number in central Vermont. Toll free, you can reach us at 877-291-8255. I will have some uh, thoughts, comments, and some thanks uh, towards the end of the program here. But just let me say ahead of time, I've been very grateful for the uh, the outpouring of support that you've given me the past couple of weeks. And uh, thank you for that. Ken Squire is going to be in here at 9.05 on Monday morning. He will be telling you about the uh, the future of what's going to be happening here in this time slot. That'll be happening Monday at 9.05. And again, our numbers on the program are 244-1777. That's our local number in central Vermont. Toll free, you can reach us at 877-291-8255. No, we did not bring Bruce Springsteen in here today as, uh, for the final Mark Johnson show. Uh, you know, we've... Uh, well, I guess we'll settle for the president of the University of Vermont. Let's give a nice warm radio Vermont welcome this morning to Tom Sullivan. Tom, thanks for joining us. How are you this morning? Mark, it's my pleasure to be with you here on your last day. Uh, I want to be one of the first to congratulate you, at least on the air this morning, for your very distinguished career in both print and journalism, uh, radio journalism, and I think you've been here for 16 years. So on behalf of many of your listeners, let me congratulate you on a fabulous, distinguished career. Delighted to be here again with you. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you saying that. Um, You aren't Bruce Springsteen, but I'm sure many people (laughs) at the University of Vermont do call you the boss, don't they? Well, most people call me Tom, and I prefer that. Okay. And, you know, let me start with that. You know, one of the things that I appreciate and respect about what you've done at the University of Vermont, you've been there since 2012, is that you actually decided to live within the community. You didn't go off into some suburb and kind of hide from the downtown and the noise and, and what really makes the university annoying and vital at the same time. Why did you decide to do that? Well, my wife Leslie and I, and she, as you know, is an uh, alumnus of the university, um, were pleased when we were asked to live uh, in Inglesby House on the campus. Um, And uh, we have now lived there since we've been here uh, uh, three plus years, and we're absolutely delighted to be on the campus. All of our neighbors, of course, are students. And uh, the university, we like to think, is very much a student-centered university. So to be among students all day... Uh, and have them with us uh, through weekends and at night and visiting back and forth is a real joy. We are thrilled to be living in Inglesby on the campus. Do you um, get affected by the noise? Quite frankly, um, Mark, we don't hear that very often. Um, It is an old house over a a century old, and it's well insulated, I think. 
but um, we have never been awakened at night with uh, noise. Quite frankly, we wow, haven't. That's just stunning. I mean, you're on the, one of the main pathways back up to the university. Yeah, we're right at um, um, College and South Williams, and um, we have students living in every direction right next to us. Uh, they've been very respectful. They're good neighbors. We're really thrilled to be living there. We really are. I want to talk about, uh, in a few moments here, about just an incredibly uh, important and distinguished award that you got within the legal community. But first, let's talk a little bit about your tenure here at the University of Vermont since 2012. If you had to tell me your two biggest accomplishments since you came here, what would you say they are? Mark, I would say that um, early on, um, I encouraged uh, the Board of Trustees and my colleagues on the campus to uh, draft a new strategic action plan for the university. I thought that that vision uh, and that pathway was going to be very important for all of our successes. So early on, we, we developed uh, a four-prong uh, strategic action plan, and this is what's guiding the present and I believe the future of the university and quickly those four pieces are number one the importance of affordability and financial access for our students I consider that the most important thing we can do to moderate and hold down the growth of tuition and the cost for students to attend the university so that they have less burden on them as they're going through succeeding uh, in their undergraduate program with us uh, and so that we can hold down the debt that those students may have as they go through their college years. The second point is at every opportunity we can to try to add quality and value to the educational experience of the student and the university. Some people might call this the value proposition of what value is added by UVM for the time that the students are spent there. And I share with my colleagues uh, frequently the importance of us adding quality and value with every one of our decisions. Okay. The third point is... Uh, hold on. Yes, I'm not, sure. I don't understand what you mean by that second point. Well, the, the second point is, are we creating the right programs and, and opportunities for students, both academic and cultural, um, so that they have the best engagement and the best success as a student and as they mature? We have defined student learning outcomes and defined student developmental outcomes so that we try to measure the progress and success of our students. That's what I mean by adding quality and value to the student experience so that we can maximize their cho chance of being successful during that four-year journey and, of course, beyond as they launch their career at UVM. That's what I mean by adding value and quality at, at each decision point. The, okay. the third pillar of that is uh, supportive, and it is to create programs and to have the facilities that will uh, keep the best Vermont students here in the state and to bring talent from out of the state that hopefully will matriculate at the university and importantly stay in Vermont to help with economic development. And that's, that's really a campus and facilities that will be supportive for the most creative success of our students and our faculty and staff. Okay. Building the community, if you will, right. uh, that makes, makes people in, in, incented and inspired to do their very best work. What's number four? Number four is important to that, which is to, to lead and to manage the university in a way that is most effective and most efficient. So that when, when we can find cost savings, we can reinvest them back into the educational experience for the students. All right. Of those four, I'm guessing probably number one's the hardest. Number one is the hardest because um, uh, higher education today is very expensive. Um, and as you know... Um, uh, our support from the Vermont legislature historically is um, very modest. We have the lowest or second lowest um, appropriation uh, in, the, in the country. We are grateful for that appropriation, um, but it's only about 3% of our actual operating budget. Um, be happy to explain that. Um, half of the state appropriation that we get we set aside directly to recruit Vermont students for scholarships, financial aid, and support. One half goes directly. It doesn't even go into our operating budget because that's the recruitment piece and, and the advising piece once they get there. The other half is, um, goes to support our, our spectacular medical school, 
Um, uh, that's for clinical um, medical education. And the balance, one, one quarter, goes to support our College of Agriculture and Extension. As you know, we have about 22 extension offices throughout the state of Vermont. Right. And this allocation or division of the state appropriation goes back over 40 years. And I'm told some 10 presidents of the university each year I go down to the legislature, I, I once again say this is how we allocate it. One half to support Vermont students through scholarships, supporting our medical schools, supporting our ag college and supporting extension. The latter, of course, being very important to our land grant mission and, and public research university mission of the university. Do you think there's room for that number to grow, that state allocation? Well, I would, I'm an optimist, uh, I hope, and, and I would certainly think so, but we, we know Vermont is a very small state with only approximately 625,000 people. And as you know, and your listeners know, in the last several years, we've had challenges of, of deficit issues in the state of Vermont. And so um, we have gotten uh, kind of flat budgets, as they say, um, same budget. Um, there has been over the years a substantial um, decrease. In the last 35 years, there's been a 68% decrease in the support of the legislature to the university. That's very significant. And, uh, and the consequences of that is we have to do a better job uh, in trying to manage the tuition and moderate that, as well as significant private philanthropic support for the university. Okay, so explain to me this 68% drop. Is that in real dollars? Those are in, in, yes, those are in real dollars. Inflation-adjusted dollars or whatever? Well, real dollars would mean inflation-adjusted dollars, yes. And that's over a 35-year period. Okay. Uh, and that's happened in other states as well. Uh, I think we should be fair about that. That's uh, a big but, hit. But it's a, it, it is a very significant 62% decrease, 62% decrease in real dollars in the last 35 years for our appropriation. So you say, well, how do you adjust? How, how do you make that up? And that puts pressure on that tuition uh, figure that we're trying to moderate and hold down. There's a direct relationship we know here and every other uni public university to the size and the amount of state appropriation related to what the tuition is. And mm -hmm. when appropriations go down or they are, are small in number, that increases the pressure to increase the tuition in order to have the money to invest in the quality education. And at the end of the day, the important thing is the quality education. Frequently, um, I think we spend a lot of time talking about numbers. Mm -hmm. um, but the most important thing for us, uh, and I think uh, for any legislator asking the question about um, value added or return on investment is how do we know how well you're doing with the dollars we give you? Yep. And at the university, these objective output measure, performance measures are very important to us. And uh, the university is doing very, very well. As you look at how well our Vermont students are doing on retention from first year to second year, we're over 92% retaining Vermont students. We see a substantial increase in Vermont students applying to the university as well as applying as transfer, having started somewhere else first. Mm -hmm. uh, we see uh, very, uh, very outstanding four-year graduation rates for our students. Um, double the national average for our peer public university institutions. We see moderate um, um, debt coming out of our students relative to our peer institutions. Um, and, and so that goes right back to uh, our top priority, as I said, affordability and financial access for the students. And we spend time trying to measure the quality that we're adding and how that goes to the success of the student and working hard to ensure that we're moderating and lowering that cost of increased uh, to um, tuition and other things for the student. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with University of Vermont President Tom Sullivan. You can join us at 244-1777, toll-free 877-291-8255. If you got more money from the legislature, could you lower the tuition? Yes, and in fact, uh, let me give you an example. Two years ago, just before the state started um, 
confronting uh, some deficit issues, I went to our governor and the leadership of the legislature, and I said, if you increase my budget by 3%, which, which was about $1.1 million, I will guarantee you there will be no tuition increase for Vermont students next year. They rose to the occasion, and I want to give them credit for that. We had a zero tuition increase two years ago for Vermont students because of that increase in the legislative support and the strong leadership of the governor uh, and the speaker on that. I asked them again this past year to do the same because of the great success we had. Financial access for Vermonters to come here and hopefully stay in our communities and be part of our workforce and economic development, they were unable to give us any more last year by reason of the deficit issues that the state was confronting. Mm -hmm. So we have a record that it actually works when we mm -hmm. do get increased funding. But that increase that you were asking for this year would be on top of, they had to keep giving you the $1.3 It was to the base the budget. That, right. that okay. is correct, All yes. Right. What, what's, um, can you tell me, you said that the <clears throat> University of Vermont students have a debt when they leave that's less than what your peers are. Can you give me a rough idea of what we're talking about here, Tom? Sure. Um, I'll be happy to do that. Um, l let me start um, by giving us some quick background. Uh, in Vermont, Vermont students right off the top of the tuition bill get a 60% discount. By legislative action many years ago, the Vermont student tuition cannot exceed 40% of the out-of-state tuition. So that's a 60% discount. Right. In addition to that, on average for a Vermont... Well, you better do that or you're going <laughs> to... Yeah, you have to do that. Well, yeah, uh, yeah uh, it's, it's a very good... Uh, I mean, is that differential... Cost. Is that different than when you were at Minnesota or in other places? Is it, is oh. it a smaller differential than here in Vermont? Uh, at, at most institutions, the institution has the discretion to be setting tuition completely. Here, there's a legislative uh, restriction, uh, which uh, is the 40% rule, as we call it. So that's a 60% discount off the top. In addition to that, okay, Mark... Let me stop you, though. Is that, is that in-state, yeah. out-of-state difference smaller here in Vermont than, than most other places? Or is that pretty typical? If your question is the difference between the in-state tuition amount and the out-of-state tuition yeah. amount, um, they vary considerably from state to state depending upon legislative appropriation, depending upon the percentage of in-state versus out-of-state. So it's hard to generalize specifically as to what that gap or difference is per, per state uh, compared to Vermont. But in addition to that 60% uh, discount, we discount also by reason of scholarships and financial aid and that setting aside of half of our appropriation, I said, just to recruit those Vermont students, almost 40%, between 37 and 40%. Uh, in addition, we discount, on average, this is the average student, of course, we're talking about, um, that tuition piece. Uh, so that that brings down the actual net cost of attendance by some 37 to 40 percent discount. Um, that is a tremendous financial benefit to Vermont students. So in short, we take the state appropriation, we give the Vermont students scholarships and financial aid to recruit them, and then in addition, we give them out of our operating budget additional scholarship money and that's the piece that brings that discount down to about 37 37 to 40 percent um, and that really reduces the amount of debt that any student might have upon graduation and when you look at our graduation numbers uh, for Vermont students um, almost um, 30 percent of them graduate without any debt and in this market today, that is significantly mm -hmm. positive. And then you say, well, what about those students that do have debt? And on average, that debt is about $14,700 if you look at the whole graduating class in any given year. Um, and that is compared to the national average of our public institutions of $28,000. So you compare how well our students are doing and the financial access, the difference between 14700 of possible debt versus 28000 that's a huge Vermont advantage for our Vermont students to go to the University of, of, of Vermont. 
Um, and there's a rule of thumb that perhaps your listeners might like to know as we compare those numbers. And that is to say, the investment, if you have to take out any loans in addition to the scholarships, um, the investment is well worth it if the first year's salary exceeds the amount of your debt. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I go back to my numbers, if the average amount of debt of, of, a, of a student in a graduating class is $14,700, right. if you're making $15,000, and of course that's low, then the investment uh, of attending the university, even carrying out some of those loans, is well worth it. You know that uh, all the studies tell us that the difference between a high school degree and a four-year college degree is over $1 million of earning over a lifetime. And if you you add an additional graduate degree, Mark, it's an additional million dollars. So that's why these, these financial aid and scholarship packages that we're putting together, that's why our emphasis on holding down the tuition and affordability is key because it will directly help the student in his or her career um, in earning more money. Yeah. And that, that's a private good, of course. It's also a public good because that's more money into the economy, perhaps more money to be taxed for supporting the values that we in Vermont have. Everybody wins by, by using uh, affordability as a key element in, in uh, our principles uh, at the university. Well, it allows students, too, to have some flexibility <clears throat> in the choice of careers and not feeling like they have to go into a career just for, for the money and exactly. something maybe they don't want to do. That's exactly right. You <clears throat> mentioned before when you were talking about one of the four principles here that you, you try to encourage <clears throat> students to also stay in Vermont after they graduate. Did I hear you right on that? Yeah, yes. Um, as why? You, why? Well, well, because... Um, the university, we, we, we really do believe, is a talent magnet. First, we want to recruit as many of the talented, bright Vermont students to attend the University of Vermont. I frequently say, kind of jokingly, let's close the borders and keep as many of our students here in Vermont because we have very good institutions to educate them, and we want them to stay in Vermont to be part of our workforce, uh, to help build our communities and our towns. Uh, this is about keeping the talent here. Similarly for the university, uh, you, you know there uh, is a huge demographic downturn in the number of students coming out of Vermont high schools. The high point uh, was about 10,600. We're now down at about 6,000. 6, wow. So we've cut in half the number of students coming out of Vermont high schools today. That's a huge decrease, um, demographic decrease. And there are not enough Vermont students to fill up our whole university. And that has historically been the case, as you well know. And so we have a substantial amount of -of out-of-state students. And the good point to that is, wouldn't it be great if we could recruit those out-of-state students, which we do substantially, and if they could stay in the state of Vermont uh, for jobs, to help our economies, to build our towns and our communities? So we're really talking about recruiting and retaining talent, first and foremost, the Vermont students, and in addition, out-of-state students who want to stay in Vermont. We, we have surveys. Uh, and the key is, do we have enough jobs to support those students? And that's what we're working on, is to keep that talent in the state. And the university is one of the uh, leading importers of the number of out-of-state students. And many of them do, in fact, stay here in Vermont and enrich our towns and communities. We'll take a short break. We'll come back. I want to follow up on this. We're going to continue our discussion with the UVM president, Tom Sullivan, in just a moment. Love to hear from you at 244-1777 is our local number. <laughs> Toll free 877-291-8255. Moment of your time for our friends right down the road at Red Hand Cafe and Bakery. Oh, my gosh. I think I spent half the day down there yesterday. That was just awesome. Uh, just, uh, you know, chowing down and cinnamon buns and delicious Danish and uh, soup and sandwiches and all sorts of great things down there. It is really a wonderful spot down there. I want to thank Randy and Eliza for being so uh, inviting and accommodating for me and everybody else who goes down there. Really set a terrific tone. Great people that work there. 
and uh, just a really uh, friendly atmosphere in addition to some fabulous food. Stopping in there for lunch today, you could have uh, one of their signature soups, also one of their great sandwiches. You could have them make one for you fresh right there on the grill. And uh, you can also just pick one up on the way to work as well, too. You can stop there on the way home, too. Maybe you haven't figured out what you're making for dinner tonight. How about making a nice pizza with one of the great uh, pizza crusts that they make there? All sorts of ingredients that you can throw on it that you can get right there at Red Hand Cafe and Bakery. Stop on in there soon. Right off of Interstate 89, exit 9 in Middlesex. That is Red Hand Cafe and Bakery. It's really heating up out there, and so are the deals at Mid-State Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram during the summer clearance event. With Chrysler giving us extra incentives on select models, we can offer some terrific deals, like a brand new Chrysler 200, a loaded mid-size sedan with $3,500 off and 0% financing for 72 months. Now that's a great deal. Looking for a Jeep? The all-new Jeep Renegades are here, and we have brand-new 2015 Jeep Patriot 4x4 starting at just $17,821. Ram truck leases are ridiculously low, and so are leases on Jeeps. Don't delay. Inventory's good, but these deals are hot, and they will go fast. Mid-State Jeep, halfway between Barry and Montpelier on Route 302. in the real world, we have hills, we have snow, we have chores. What we don't have is time. Ventrac is your one tractor solution for all the jobs we face here in New England. These tough, versatile tractors can handle anything that you or Mother Nature can dish out. Champlain Valley Equipment in Berlin, Vermont is your local Ventrac dealer. Stop by today or call 802-223-0021 and schedule an on-site demo. Ventrac, because life is not a level playing field. Online at ChamplainValleyEquipment.com Special announcement, Wendell's Furniture is Vermont's largest furniture store, so we're having Vermont's largest furniture sale. It's a $4 million inventory reduction event. We recently underwent major renovations and acquired a surplus of unsold top quality inventory. We must make room immediately. $4 million worth of brand name home furnishings and handmade oriental rugs have been drastically discounted for immediate sales store wide. Everything must go. Up to 60% off top quality home furnishings. Up to 70% off handmade oriental rugs. Now is the time to buy. Living rooms, bedrooms, dining rooms, dinettes, sectionals, recliners, TV stands, mattresses, rugs, accessories, and more are all reduced for quick sale. Nothing held back. It's a complete wall-to-wall sell-off. Hi, folks. It's Wendell. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to own the furniture you've always wanted during our massive inventory reduction event going on now at Wendell's Furniture in Colchester and at the Vermont Bed Store, 4050 Wilson Road, South Burlington. Get details at wendellsfurniture.com. Sofas and more sofas. Mattress Sofa Warehouse in Morrisville is having a sofa spectacular. Save as much as $100 off our regular price on Lazy Boy, Natalie, Pinnacle, and Mackenzie sofas. Plus savings on other overstock brands. Over 30 sofas and fabrics to choose from. This deal won't continue all summer, so hurry in and get the savings while supplies last. At Mattress Sofa Warehouse, 133 Gallery Lane, Morrisville. Don't miss it. Big news. Granite Hills Credit Union is continuing its successful loan special. Now you can buy or refinance a car, motorcycle, or boat with a great fixed rate of 1.99% for 60 months on a new or used vehicle. We've got money to lend right now at this unbelievable low rate of 1.99%. This limited time offer will end soon, so you must act fast. Not a member of Granite Hills? Not a problem. We're open to the community. Act now before our loan special is gone. This low rate of 1.99% for a car, motorcycle, or boat will end soon. And remember, we can refinance your current vehicle, too. Apply online at granitehills.org or call today to take advantage of low loan rates from Granite Hills, your hometown credit union. At Granite Hills Credit Union, the In our discussion, we've been talking this morning with University of Vermont President Tom Sullivan. You can join us at 244-1777 is our local number, toll-free 877-291-8255. 
Tom, you were mentioning that the number of high school students that are uh, graduating has decreased from some 10,000 down to about 6,000. That's sort of become like your pipeline here. Uh, among that 6,000, what's the story there? Well, there are just a, a, a fewer um, children in our, in our uh, middle schools and, and high schools today by those numbers. Uh, and one of the concerning points here, Mark, is that in Vermont, only about 45 to 48 percent of our high schoolers are actually going on to college. That, too, is one of the lowest in the country, and uh, that's troublesome. So uh, the maximum number that you have to recruit from is more like three to 4,000, three, about 3,000. That, that would be correct, although we're trying to do the best we can in encourage, encouraging students, particularly from first-generation students, particularly from families of color and uh, lower-income uh, lower families, that they, too, can all go to college. With these scholarships that I talked about earlier this morning and our financial aid packages at the University, University of Vermont, together with federal Pell Grant support, I believe everybody can go to college. There are financial packages between the university, um, the state appropriation I mentioned earlier that we set aside to recruit Vermont students, and federal Pell Grants. All of these students can, in fact, go to college. The financial access, as I said, is our key priority, and we're making great progress. But we still have to reach more families in Vermont to tell them about the real opportunity to go to post-secondary education. Wow. I mean, you really think the, I mean, are there really effective efforts that you can make to break that? That's such a difficult we are uh, working closely with the academic counselors in the Vermont high schools. We are also working with the leadership of the middle schools in Vermont to reach down into the earliest grades we can to inspire and encourage and inform students and their parents that post-secondary education is critical to their success later in life and that we can show them financial pathways to achieve that success. Um, we're trying to dispel the notion, um, you know, if mom and dad didn't have the chance to come to college or if we don't think we have the money to support it, we at the university have scholarships and financial aid together with federal Pell Grant money. We can make sure that those students have financial access to the University of Vermont. That's our number one commitment. So we have to work more diligently with our high school colleagues, our middle school colleagues, in shaping curriculum that will make sure the students will, in fact, be admitted and acceptable. We're doing that now with a good deal of success. But really encouraging the students and their parents, you can succeed, you can afford this with our financial assistance keep talking to us about getting on the pathway to being admitted. And once they're admitted, it's a great uh, success story for Vermont students. The high retention rate, the high graduation rate in four years. And graduating in four years, Mark, is really key. The longer you go, five, six, seven years to get that college degree, the incredible financial burden yeah. that is. And then you have a, a much larger debt than I showed you uh, earlier. I'll say. It's almost the uh, mortgage without the house. We think that's unacceptable, and we want to make sure those students have the right scholarship support and financial advice as to how to be successful on that four-year journey. So it's a long conversation. What do you do at the 7th and 8th grade level to kind of reach down into that to get them knowledgeable about the importance of college? We have our, our, our colleagues, faculty are doing this. Um, like going into the classroom? We, we go in and we talk with their principals, their su superintendents. If the schools have academic advisors or counselors, we talk to them. All right, well, you don't need to talk to them. They already know about the value of college. Okay. We, we hope so, but they're not always fully knowledgeable on about the financial packaging that we can help them at the university with. All right. That's the key point. And so we can actually show them whatever their family um, income is, what they're eligible for for scholarships, financial aid, or federal Pell Grant. We can help show them the financial package which will make that successful for them. And we do those one-on-one -on -one conversations with parents, uh, particularly parents who didn't have the chance to go to college. And this is new to them, particularly mm -hmm. for those who think they can't afford it. 
So we're doing a much better job of those one-on-one conversations right in the high schools and in the middle schools. It's both working on the curriculum to make sure they're academically prepared and also the financial understanding of how can we navigate this. Mm -hmm. And our financial numbers and our use of the state appropriation, as I mentioned, is really the the pathway to get students uh, successful in that four-year journey with us. 244-1777 244-1777 is our local number. Toll free 877-291-8255. Moment of your time for our friends at Jet Service Envelope, an outstanding local printer. If you need to get a uh, any sort of printing done, make it our friends at the Jet. Don't try to do this in-house. You will save yourself time and money letting the professionals in Southbury do it for you. 229-9335 is their phone number. Their website, jetservice-envelope.com. Maybe you need some new letterhead and envelopes as part of your business. Don't go out of state. Keep your money right here at home. And uh, the professional services at the JET will take care of you. 229-9335 and on the web at jetservice-envelope.com. Tom, the uh, the chancellor of the state system, Jeb Spaulding, <coughs> talks frequently about the real difficult financial challenge that they're facing. Why, did, why is the state college system facing challenges that you apparently are not? Well, Mark, I'm, I'm not sure I can um, have the full answer to that because um, um, I don't, I haven't worked in the Vermont State College system. Um, but you're a smart guy. Give me your gut feeling here. Well, we, we've, uh, as we've seen the state appropriation go down over the years, my predecessors and I have tried to concentrate on how do you manage a budget? How do you continue to increase quality for the student experience? when the state appropriation is going down or is flat. And in our case, we have spent a substantial amount of time trying to reach out to our alumni and to our friends to see if they won't give private contributions. Uh, That goes back to the piece I mentioned earlier. Um, Last year, we had set aside $112 million in our budget for student financial aid and scholarships. Uh, almost all of that money, um, in addition to the state appropriation that I noted earlier, is through private giving. We've worked very hard reaching out to our alumni and donors and friends to say, help the next generation of students be able to financially be successful through their career at the university. We spend a lot of time uh, with our donors. In fact, uh, in five weeks, we will be announcing at the university a pub- the public phase of a very significant comprehensive campaign. And in that campaign... Another capital campaign? A comprehensive campaign. People, when they say capital, think it's all about buildings. Yeah. In our case... The priorities really are more financial aid dollars and scholarship dollars to recruit those Vermont students that I I mentioned a moment ago. Dan Dan Fogle didn't drain the swamp of all the alumni with that big campaign. He had to get that big building up. We still have a lot of faithful, thoughtful alumni and friends of the university who are, are contributing and, quite frankly, making that offset difference of what we don't receive from the legislature. There would not be a University of Vermont without the generosity of the alumni and donors and friends of the university. Uh, with only 3% of our operating budget coming from the university, uh, excuse me, coming from the uh, legislature, mm-hmm. 97% of our revenues that maintain the quality at the university come from private donations, research grant dollars, and student tuition. That's the difference. And so one, to, to, to your question, one, I think, has to really work very hard in building a constituency that are very supportive and in turn will perhaps pay back the favor of the scholarship that they got when they came through right. the University of Vermont and now have done and well. And maybe a little more. Yeah. Well, we hope. Yeah. We hope. And, and the announcement on October 1, 2, and 3 on campus is going to be kind of a clarion, clear call to our friends and alumni to step up to help the next generation that come after us to be able to successfully afford a great education at the University of Vermont. 244-1777, our local number, toll-free, 877-291-8255. Let's go to Barry Pete. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Mark. I'm doing well, and uh, you're going to be missed uh, by listeners out here. Uh, but I do have a question for your guest. Far away. Uh, yesterday or the day before, you had a guest on uh, 
talking about uh, health care. And one of the one of the comments that 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 particular guest made had to do with the uh, with the university acquiring hospitals in New York and basically saying that uh, Vermont citizens help uh, subsidize New York's Medicare. Yeah, Medicaid. Medicaid, excuse me. And uh, and so my question to your guest is, so why is the University of Vermont acquiring hospitals in other states? Okay. I'll get off the line and... Wait for the answer. All right. Thanks for your call. That was uh, Dr. Deb Richter, by the way, not Louis Mano and Jim Condon with that analysis. Go ahead. Uh, Mark, uh, to your uh, listener's question, um, I don't know the specifics of the comments that were made on the show, so I, I can't answer that he, directly. He pretty well summarized them, though. Okay. The, the concern that the University of Vermont Medical Center is acquiring other facilities in New York, and the, the concern is that because of the cost differential and the Medicaid reimbursement between what's happening in Vermont and what's happening in New York, that in essence the Vermont facilities are subsidizing the New York ones because New York pays less in Medicaid reimbursement. Well, actually, I think in recent testimony before the Green Mountain Care Board, as you know, that's the principal Vermont regulator overall health care, um, Dr. John Brumstead addressed that question, and, and I think he disagreed with that conclusion. But Directly to the point, let me mention, under um, the Federal um, Affordability Care Act, sometimes called, sometimes called the Obamacare Act, health care in the United States today is incredibly complicated and, as we know, very costly. One of the ways to drive down, um, as the University of Vermont Medical Center is doing, to drive down the cost to the patient is to have a certain scale or size that gives you efficiencies that you cannot achieve at a lower size or patient population. So by expanding your service area, you're able to create efficiencies that you could not do at a smaller size. I understand that hospitals and clinic in New York are inviting uh, the University of Vermont Medical Center to come over. These are, by the way, very rural towns in um, north of Albany, uh, um, deep poverty-stricken communities in some cases Mm -hmm. where they do not have adequate medical care. And our university um, is affiliating with those clinics and those doctors over there, giving them greater access to expertise and at the same time uh, speed and safety of delivery of patient care and because of the efficiencies that can be achieved at that size and scale actually bringing down the cost of of health care for all patients ultimately were, were you uh, somebody who was pushing this uh, renaming of the University of Vermont Medical Center? Yes, sir, I was. Why? I think it's a very positive uh, development, and, and we now have demonstrable facts to prove that since the name was announced um, eight or ten months ago. Um, Fletcher Allen, we know a very strong reputation locally and regionally, but not a name or a brand known well nationally. By affiliating the name more closely with the University of Vermont, which has a national reputation, we are now able to see a substantial increase in the number of applicants to our medical school and residents to the training residency program, because now it's the University of Vermont's name that's there to which they're applying, as opposed to a more local or regional but well-regarded Fletcher Allen name. It's also important to note, and this goes back to the New York question or the larger population question, to do major path-breaking research in medicine and and medical science, one needs a very large and very diverse patient base Mm -hmm. to be able to make sure that when you do your double-blinded studies that are so key for understanding and medical learning, you have a diverse patient base that's large enough because Vermont is small. Um, It's a real 
positive development for our medical center to be able to be drawing patients from all over New England and now across the lake uh, into the Anirondacks in New York so that our clinical uh, faculty and our researchers have a much more diverse and larger patient base. That's a real positive thing. And the name University of Vermont is helping to draw that. And those clinics and doctors in New York know that and they want to be affiliated with this very fine uh, health care facility. We'll take a quick break, come back, continue our discussion with UVM President Tom Sullivan. Back after this. Greg posted, My brother just got a new accord. Hashtag, yes, I'm jealous. And his brother replied, Outdid my little brother once again. Hashtag, my accord rules. Okay, guys, come check out the Honda Summer Clearance event, where you can get a Honda Accord to call your own. It comes with rear view camera and text message reader standard. And it's from KBB.com's best overall brand. Uh, no way he's getting the same car as me. Okay, let's take a look at the Civic then. It also comes with standard rear view camera and text message reader. It's a 2015 IIHS top safety pick and a KBB.com best buy. That's Sounds awesome. Cool. Love you, bro. Love you, too. Hurry into the Honda Summer Clearance event for 0.9% APR financing on the 2015 Accord and Civic for well-qualified buyers. To learn more, visit your local North Country Honda dealer or online at NorthCountryHondaDealers.com. See dealer for financing details. SMS compatible with select phones with Bluetooth or wireless carriers rate plans apply. 2015 Kelly Blue Book brand image awards are based on the brand watch study from Kelly Blue Book Market Intelligence, award calculated among non-luxury shoppers. For more information, visit KBB.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company Incorporated. This is Angela Winchell, nurse practitioner at Stowe Family Practice. Our clinic is open Monday through Saturday. We treat injuries and illnesses and walk-ins are welcome. We have on-site x-ray and diagnostic lab so we can assess you quickly. We are available to our patients by phone on nights and weekends. Next time you are hurt or sick, call us first. You might save yourself a trip to the emergency room. We are located in the medical center on the Mountain Road across from Picasso. Stowe Family Practice. Call 253-4853. I've invited some of my favorite bovine friends over to help me announce the North Star Fireworks Holy Cow! Buy One Get Two Free Sale on everything in our stores. Buy One Avengers? Get Two Free. Buy One Excalibur? Get Two Free. Buy One Crazy Horse? Get Two Free. Buy One Blockbuster? Well, you get the point. No matter how you look at it, buy one, get two free, three for the price of one, or 66% off. North Star needs to move inventory with these utterly fantastic deals. I know I'm really milking the cow puns, but we don't want to flop. Boy, I just stepped in it. No, I mean, I really just stepped in it. So while I clean up, you should hoof it on over to North Star Fireworks in East Montpelier in Fairley for our holy cow, buy one, get two free sale while supplies last. Sale ends on September 13th and visit us at NorthStarFireworks.com. That's NorthStarFireworks.com. The Sealy Introductory Mattress Sale is now in progress at Hooker's Furniture. For a limited time, save 40% off the brand new, all new Sealy Posturepedic with the improved core support center for maximum comfort and support. Save now on the Optimum Cool Gel Memory Foam and the new Half Inner Spring Half Cool Gel Hybrid. Whatever you do in bed, Sealy supports it with fantastic savings during the Sealy Introductory Mattress Sale only at your betting experts. Hooker's Furniture on Route 100 and Waterbury Center. So drive a little and save a lot. Back, uh, continuing our discussion, Tom Sullivan is the University of Vermont president. I want to talk a little bit about this really big deal award that you got, the Robert Cutack Award. Uh, and among the people, the reason this is a big deal, I mean, among the people that got it, Sandra Day O'Connor, we've kind of heard of her, and some other real notables in the legal community. So what's the deal on this, Tom? Well, Mark, uh, this is the um, a national award given by the American Bar Association, uh, uh, mostly annually, to an individual who they believe has contributed significantly, and apparently in my case, uh, to bringing the, the bench, our lawyers, uh, at the bar, the bench, and the academy, lawyers, judges, and uh, law faculty teachers together um, and trying to work in harmony to improve the law, to raise professionalism to promote ethics within the profession, and that's uh, why I was uh, chosen, uh, apparently, for the award. What did, what did you do to <clears throat> advance that? Well, I've been a lawyer um, and an academic um, lawyer for um, 40 years, and I've been very active in the bar, uh, trying to uh, 
bring conversations, as I say, among those three groups, which don't always necessarily work closely together, judges on the bench, practicing lawyers, and, and law faculty, and, and trying to bring a conversation to try to make sure that the law is as transparent and open and understandable by the public um, and um, and to try to prove, bring improvements to the law over the years and um, perhaps with some success in the award attempts to recognize that. Okay. I mean, a lot of people do that in the legal community. You must have done something a little bit more specific and a little more compelling than that. Well, uh, I have um, held certain uh, volunteer posts uh, in the profession uh, where I could use the bully pulpit to uh, work with. Uh, I've chaired the um, uh, accrediting agency for all American law schools. Um, I have been on the president of the American Bar Association's Futures Planning Committee. I have uh, chaired um, a number of substantive uh, antitrust and economic regulation sections of the American Bar. So my, my experience has cut across many different practices across the country and opportunities to talk with wonderful uh, leaders in the bar, the judges, uh, um, lawyers, and, as I say, uh, colleagues in the academy. Why are they picking you now, though, in 2015 after you've been here at UVM for a few years? Why didn't, why didn't this happen? I, I, I don't know that. I was not involved in any of the discussions. In fact, it was a... A real shock when the call came uh, that I was going to receive the award. Perhaps it was because I'm uh, no longer um, a dean of a law school or on a law school faculty and I'm here uh, leading a university and uh, they may have thought, well, here he goes again and this time he's in, in a whole university running it. And, um, uh, and I've tried to reach out here in Vermont to meet as many lawyers and judges as possible because uh, my view was that we have a phenomenal bar and bench here. turns out it's absolutely true. And it gives me an opportunity to continue my professional responsibilities of being a lawyer, working and promoting justice and fairness and transparency in the law. Worried about the financial future of the law school? Of the Vermont Law School, mm -hmm. uh, I think Vermont is blessed with a very, very fine um, law school in South Royalton. Law schools now are all having sub substantial financial challenges. The 2008-2009 recession hurt law schools very, very hard. Uh, the job market kind of fell out for many, many years. It hasn't always come back. So uh, all of our law schools are struggling, quite frankly. And uh, the only positive news about that is I tell students all the time, this is the best time ever to apply to a law school because um, there are fewer students applying and hence better chance of getting in, better chance and of fewer jobs too. They're coming back, gratefully, but it's been a long haul since 08, and that's the problem. So our Vermont Law School, I think, is doing well, um, but it, too, is in competing in a very difficult market. Did you like this idea of merging with them? It was sort of floating around? Well, we have many uh, um, joint programs with them now that, that we're very happy with. I uh, mean, like the full boat, though. Well, I think there are opportunities to achieve the same kind of success um, and economies, um, uh, making it uh, more efficient for, for students, affordable. For example, I think last year on your program, we were talking about this very visionary 3-2 program. Yeah. So you can come to the University of Vermont for three years for a bachelor's degree, go to Vermont Law School for two years. You cut out two years, one at the university, one at the law school, and probably save about $150,000. It's a great yeah. program between the two institutions. We've got joint curricular together. We have joint research and joint public interest programs, particularly in the environmental areas. So we're, we're very happy to be partners with them. Thanks for coming in. <clears throat> nice to see you. Mark, our very best wishes and congratulations to you after a fabulous print and radio journalism career. Thank you, and it will continue. Uh, this is FM 96.1 WDEV Warren, AM 550 WDEV Waterbury, Montpelier.